firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a battalion of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a bunch of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss span all kinds of professions. That being said, let's light the spark. Those of us in the first responder community are expected to respond to the most harrowing and devastating situations imaginable. We do it because we have the desire to help those in need. And most of the time, the last interaction people have with us is negative due to the circumstances of the situation. But how can we make a conscious effort to leave our last interactions we have with the people that we do on a positive note? Personally, I write handwritten notes to my patients, providing them reassurance that I, we are always there for them as first responders, or I simply offer a kind word that may help them in the days after their horrible experience. I mean, we respond to their address, so I just mail it straight to their house. Uh, this week, I sat down with Natalie Riley, founder of the Nothing But Love Notes movement. She leaves handwritten notes of love and positive encouragement to those of us in the first responder community, as well as those who serve or have served our country in the military. Uh, in today's interview, we discuss the bravery it takes to be vulnerable, the power of the written word, how she got started, and why she keeps going. She's a great example of challenging the status quo and doing things that may be uncomfortable, but that benefit all. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. This is my first interview, and uh, I did it at a local library, so it sounds kind of tinny. You might have to adjust your volume, guys, but I hope you appreciate it. Um, I know you'll get a lot out of it. Natalie's an amazing person. I'm eager for you to listen to this interview. So here we go. So I have been living in Arizona for more than 30 years. Uh, I have a degree in communication. Um, most of my background is in corporate America. I worked for American Express for many years. Um, but after a certain amount of time, I just realized um, that I needed more than that. So I've been spending much of my time out in my community doing as much as I can to inspire um, love and appreciation and gratitude for our um, first responders, our veterans, and our military. Very good. Okay. So what, what caused you to uh, put your focus on veterans and first responders and military? So about three years ago, a little more than three years ago, um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer and she um, 
went into a depression. It was a terminal diagnosis. So um, the outcome was not going to be good. And I went from being her daughter to her caregiver. And in the span of one conversation with her doctor, um, where he told her that um, her her diagnosis was terminal, um, she went from being this really profoundly strong woman to, um, I always compare it to a shell because she was never the same woman again. And um, I ended up becoming her um, main caregiver and I was taking her to doctor appointments and feeding her and cleaning up after her. And it was just became a real, um, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do and to watch her go from that strong woman to someone who really struggled every day. Um, so one day it was Valentine's day and we were sitting, I was sitting on the couch and she was in her room and I just decided that, you know, this is not who she raised me to be. And, and this was not who she was. So we were going to go out into the community and do something, um, different, try to maybe encourage other people. And so we had a drawer full of thank you notes. Um, so we wrote a bunch of thank you notes for, veterans and first responders. And we chose those because she had a, she had a really um, strong affinity for veterans and, um, and I'm, and me with first responders, my son is a police officer. So, um, got her dressed and out of the house that day. And for about three hours, we went out and left love notes. We call them love notes on police officers' cars, veterans' cars. We saw some of them in grocery stores. So we would hand them to them in the grocery store and after a few hours of, of doing this, we came back and we pulled back into the driveway and we were both laughing and smiling. It changed everything for us that day. And we started doing it every day since. Every day since. So literally every day. You're right. Literally notes. every day. There's not been a day gone by that I haven't sat down and written maybe one or two or 20 um, love notes for, for our veterans and first responders. I think it's the um, act itself of just starting the day, um, being grateful for, for the good things that you have in your life. That's sort of what has, um, well, it has changed everything for me. My mother passed away. Um, it'll be two years in October. And I really think this project that she and I started together has changed my life. And I don't know, um, I don't even really want to know how different my life would be had we not found that in this. That's really cool. Um, one of the things that this this kind of path has taken you on is that it brings you closer together to people um, in general, specifically veterans, first responders, but all the people that want to be a part of that contact you and want to either leave notes, write notes, all of that. Um, how do you, how do you decide how much time you spend on this? Like typically how much time do you spend on this a well, day? Well, I never, I never dreamed that it would become a thing, you know? So I always just thought we'd wake up, we'd write notes and then we would just keep them with us. And whenever we'd run into these individuals, we would hand them out, but it has really become a full-time job for me. I have people, um, from all over the country reach out, um, wanting to either write notes or deliver notes or to somehow get involved because it has it has really made an impact not just on the, the heroes not just on the first responders and the veterans um, which has been a profound impact on them but 
for people who are who are writing the notes. I have um, a woman who reached out to me the other day saying that she is really struggling in her life right now, and she's been working on, you know, trying to give back to her community. So she's been writing notes, and she says it's really helped her um, get outside of herself and her own worries and stresses. And um, so it's not just the first responders and veterans that this is impacting. It's the people who are getting involved. And I think that is where the magic is. I think it's just in the, the gratitude on the receiving end as well as the giving end. Um, but it, it, some days, it, you know, I can get up and literally just go write a few notes at Starbucks or wherever I go to do that. Or some days it takes, you know, all day because I'll have an interview or I'll have, you know, uh, an event that we are invited to. So it takes, a, it has taken a lot of, a uh, great deal of my time, but I love it so much. And I can't imagine not doing this. You mentioned uh, gratitude, and that's a huge element that this whole plight is built on. Um, do you feel like we're losing a sense of that gratitude in society today? Um, well, if you turn on the television, it looks like we are. If you watch the news, it looks like we are. But um, when I when I'm out in my community and I'm talking to people, I feel like there are more. There's a lot of gratitude out there. Um, I just don't think we see a lot of that, and I, you know, you think a lot of it gets filtered out. Yeah, I think it does. I think there's more newsworthy stuff in in the negative. You yeah, know, it's kind of like it just doesn't sell. It's, yeah, 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 exactly. People, yeah, it but, seems like the news wants to sell outrage, and and that's what they instigate is that outrage that they're selling instead of things that are spreading, you know, kindness. Right, and, and this and this this effort, this love note project has um, the, the amazing thing to me is, like I said, I didn't set out to start this, start anything except mm-hmm. getting my mother out of her room. Right. Um, but it something as simple as a handwritten note, and that's where the, the magic is, is the handwriting. Somebody taking their time to write a note um, for a complete stranger um, is is where the magic is. And we, you know, we are so connected to our phones and our tablets and, and people are moving away from those human, those real, um, human connections. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And that's the amazing thing is that I have, I have stood in the middle of Starbucks hugging and crying with, um, an army veteran, you know, who just came back from Afghanistan after watching his best friend die in front of him. Um, because of a, a thank you note, because of just reaching out to someone and saying thank you and we appreciate you, um, we just we don't do that anymore. People are just so um, connected to their devices, and 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 part of that is we're you know growing away from it. People are not comfortable; they're getting less comfortable with being with connecting. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I would wholeheartedly agree. In in my profession as a firefighter paramedic, I respond to these people's typically worst day of their life or, or at the very least situations where they have no idea what to do. And I'm called in to help solve this problem. And a lot of times um, just being able to be personable with them solves the problem. And there are so many, there are some of us uh, in the fire service who simply can't do that because we try to shut down and act as if we're super tough and we have to be tough and we can't be emotional and we can't make these connections. But ultimately, it's those connections, which is, you know, why we're hired to do the job we do. Yeah, we're we're skilled in firefighting and we're physically fit and we're good representations of society, quote unquote. 
But if we're hardened people and we're unable to connect with these people we serve, then it's kind of like, what's the point? Right. Um, right. I, I personally, when I run on significant calls and even some that aren't significant, uh, I, I write personal handwritten notes to my patients um, and for nothing else other than just as like a final touch of, of, of a positive note, like literally and figuratively, because they call me and usually, like I said, it's more often than not, it's, it's something really bad is going on. And so my interaction with them usually leaves on a negative note. I'm handing them off to a, to a, an ambulance crew or an ER um, nurse or doctor, or sometimes they just don't make it, you know, um, and so those people that do that I do get to hand off for further care, I want them, I don't want that last experience with me to be negative. Right. And so I send them that. Uh, and that goes a that long note. way. Yeah. I mean, I have found one of the biggest lessons for me in all of this is vulnerability. Like I, like I told you, I was raised by a very strong woman. I 100% agree. She used to tell me that she would do her crying in the rain because she didn't want me and my little brother, you know, to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. So I sort of grew up with this sense that I had to be strong and and not show too Mm -hmm. much emotion. But what I have learned is as I've given these notes to like big, strong Marines and soldiers and police officers and firefighters. And I have seen grown men cry (laughs) like from every war, from the Korean war, Vietnam war, I had a police officer breakdown. Um, And it has taught me, uh, and I've learned from the toughest of the tough, you guys, like you said, you guys have this, um, there's this strength about you that you have to, you know, keep on the kind of like a persona, right. kind of like a mask, but it at is. the same time, it is, it is a mask. Because yeah. deep down, you guys are human. Mm-hmm. You have you have the same feelings as the rest of us. Um, you just aren't maybe able to to show those as right. often, especially if you're going one, from one call to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have learned from you know U.S. Marines and soldiers and firefighters and police officers how to how to drop my guard because these notes come very unexpectedly. People don't assume they don't expect them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes when I leave notes on people's cars, the first thing, and you told me this yeah. when you got your note, yeah. first thought was, Oh, somebody bumped my yeah. car or somebody, you know, what is this on my car? Yeah. Um, so it comes very unexpectedly. And I say, I think sometimes that takes people off guard. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I have stood in the middle of Starbucks uh, with grown men crying um, because of their stories. And because somebody reached out and, um, took the time to say thank you. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, you did mention vulnerability, and I'd like to talk about just that for a little bit. Um, we have, it's like this weird dichotomy in, in the military and in the first responder community that we need to be strong and we need to be hard, and, and that's what's going to get the job done. And that may be true, but at the same time, I th- I feel like it's that vulnerability that makes us the type of people that want to do those jobs. We're willing to literally put our lives on the table and put that up for leverage to serve people. Right. And that is the, that is the, probably the biggest vulnerability. Yeah, there's no, nothing more vulnerable than that. Right. That I could think of. There. Exactly. Yeah. And so that takes bravery, but at the same time being able to like, people are willing to see that vulnerability and they call it bravery and they th- they don't sometimes don't connect the two mm-hmm. that that vulnerability 
is what's brave. Well, it's not brave unless you're scared, right? right. Yeah, unless you're kind of freaking out or yeah. willing to risk something, right. something new, something different. Yeah. Um, you'd mentioned the note that you left me, and that's actually how we met and we connected. I came out to my truck, and there was a note on my truck, and I was like, God dang it. And just like you said, you know, somebody hit my truck. And, and you know, shame on me for automatically going negative, but that's kind of how. That's the culture we live in. Right. That's yeah. kind of how we've we've grown, quote unquote, grown into. Um, but I opened that note and I kind of, you know, I'm looking around kind of suspicious. And again, it's just, it's that sense of what's wrong. Something bad has happened. You know, that's our immediate go-to. It's like fight or flight, you know. Uh, fight or flight or freeze now they say fight or fight or fleet or freeze um but yeah i opened it up took a moment read it and was just like wow this is really amazing and it hit me because just if you know i had just come off duty that morning and i like i said i have a a stack of note cards that i use that i've personalized that i fill out my own handwritten notes and send to my patients and i had written uh three of them that morning and one of them was to the wife of a man who had died on a call that we were on. He, there was nothing we could do for him. And my last interaction with her on scene was telling her, I'm sorry, your husband has passed the point that we can do anything and he's gone. And, and that, I don't want that to be her last memory of me, right. you know, telling her that her husband is gone. Her husband of 40 something years is gone. Um, I want the last interaction she has with me to be a positive one. So I wrote her that note and it, it was pretty rough for me that morning. And I had gone to the grocery store because I think I needed to pick up milk or something for the kids. And I come back out and I get this note and it, it caught me off guard because it was that moment of connection that somebody else out there is doing this thing too. Yeah. And, and I thought that was a really, and I don't think thing. it's an accident. That I don't I think so. Either. I agree. I 100% I really agree. feel like good begets good. And I think you attract the like, you know, what you're putting out in the world. I think you attract exactly that. And that's the beauty is I lost my mother in all of this since we began, but I have gained such strength in my community and my friendships. And I'm telling you, Ryan, I mean, like one relationship is just as strong as the next. And that's all out there for all of us, the, mm -hmm. those sorts of interactions and relationships. And if we are out there putting good out in the world, um, it comes back to you. And you, it, I just, every day I feel like I have to pinch myself because it's just amazing. Yeah. It's like you, it's like a whole new world is opened up to you. Yes. Like you, you're on the frequency of a whole new vibration. Yes. And everybody's kind of, you're getting on that whole other level because you, once you're on that level of vibration and I'm getting into a little bit of meditation here, but um, you'll connect with the people who are on that level or below. Uh -huh. And as you, as you harness and you foster that vibration and you learn to hone in on that and focus on that, it increases your frequency, so to speak. And then you climb a little bit higher and then you connect with it's those people. It's absolutely true. It's so it crazy. Is, it's, it is crazy. My life has opened up in such great ways from the lowest point in my life. You yeah. know, And I think it all just started the moment I decided yeah. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. Yeah. I'm not, I'm going to find something every day to be grateful for. And it became the people around me and they, it has just grown and people want that. People yeah. are hungry for that. Well, and you took action too. I think that's huge because you have a lot of people who 
walk around and they're like, well, somebody should do something. Somebody should do something about that. And they don't take the steps, the actionable steps right. to do that thing. And it doesn't have <laughs> to be, you know, brain surgery or, you know, solving yeah. a piece or curing One cancer. Step. It can be something as simple as writing a note. And I'm telling you, it will change your world. Yeah. If not, and like JD, my, the veteran who comes around to speak with me, he's always saying, you'll never know how many people you've impacted. You'll just never know every story. But um, I feel like just myself alone, everything has changed. Everything is different. And there's no way to go back. Yeah. Inside and out. It was before. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, do you remember the first note that you handed out? Do you remember that first note? I do. I, I remember that first day that I got my mom in the car and we drove around for three or four hours and we were leaving notes on cars. We were leaving them on, you know, police cars. I'd see, we'd see veteran license plates, but we had to run to Home Depot for, I forget what, we needed something for the house and ran in and I had the notes in my purse and I saw this elderly man standing in the doorknob aisle. He was like four foot nothing, like he was small and hunched over and he had a Korean War veteran cap on. And like I said, at the time, it was the first day, so I was a little nervous about walking up to him, but I did. I walked up, I handed him a note, and um, I told him, thank you for, for your service. And he literally began to tremble and cry. And he opened it up right there and read it in front of me. And he said, he said, I have nobody's thanked me in 47 years. Yeah. Um, so we had this great and great conversation. And he, he even said, he says, I don't. I don't talk about my service, um, but like 30 minutes later, I knew, you know, the buddies, he's the names of the buddies he served with in Korea. I knew his wife's, his late wife's name. He had just opened up to me and I just found that to be amazing because we were complete strangers and um, people were walking by and this, this little old man's crying and they're probably thinking, what did this woman do to this poor guy? But it was amazing. And it was just the start of something really big and beautiful. The catalyst, the ultimate yes. catalyst, right? Yes. I don't, honestly, I don't think it could have gone any other way. I feel like the first note you would have given out just couldn't have gone any other way. You know, yeah. I'm like, I was talking about gratitude. Um, a lot of us understand that the, the services we provide are necessary the soldiers that go fight these wars, um, the officers who protect our streets, you know, us firefighters and paramedics who are there kind of to clean up the proverbial mess. You know, once this thing happens, we get called in instead of, you know, being, we're not necessarily a proactive service. We're more of a reactive. We respond after that thing has happened. Um, and we understand that there are elements that we're just, I wouldn't call our profession a thankless job, but we don't expect the thank you. And most of you firefighters, especially, are, you know, you try to thank you guys. They're like, no, it's just a job. And police officers, too, mm -hmm. you know, they'll say it's it's just my job, mm -hmm. you know, but it's more than that. And, and maybe you guys wake up every day and you go out there thinking this is my job. Um, but you are picking up the pieces, you know, and people's broken lives and yeah. it's it's a lot yeah and 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 like i said this is where people's lives change typically for the worse typically for the worse when police officers have to respond and firefighters have to respond typically something significant has happened just like um the shootings recently over the past weekend mm -hmm. um there's a lot of elements that build up to these things happening 
But when it comes down to it, we have systems in place and people who stand at the ready to stop this thing from getting even worse, even, even more out of control. Um, do you ever feel like as you're going through your efforts, do you have the ups and downs? Do you feel like that one-sidedness? And I know some of the stories that you had told me, it's not necessarily one-sided because you have those great interactions, but sometimes, you know, when I send out my notes, I'll never hear from her. I'll never see that person again. And that's fine with me. But do you ever feel like stopping or thinking like, why, why am I even doing this? Like, do you ever have those ups and downs? I, I, of course, you know, I think that, especially if you're going off the beaten path and doing something that nobody else is doing, you, you have those days, you know, I, I certainly, I don't, I don't, I can't say that I've ever thought I'm going to stop doing this because it, it just feels too good. Um, but I do have days when I wake up and I'm, you know, I'm soaking my own money into this and the time and the driving and, you know, I go out of state and, you know, I'm rounding up people and there's days where I'm like, I do, I ask, I stop and I ask myself, what are you doing? I mean, what, are you really making a difference or is this because, you know, it feels good to you? I mean, and I think that, I think it's good to stop and ask yourself that question um, every now and then because maybe... Maybe it's not. Maybe you need to reevaluate. Yeah, yeah maybe exactly. But at the same time, or you might think, "What more can I do?" Right. Yeah. Right. But I, I do ask myself that, and and more times than not, I, I just, I just keep going because I feel like this is what my purpose is now, and 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 I, and like you said, I mean, how how can I be better tomorrow than I was today? Right. And how can I reach more people? Um, tomorrow than I reach today. And I've had the simplest things like just yesterday, I had a mother text me, um, her husband's the, he's the team leader in SWAT and her, she, she homeschools her kids and her, um, daughter is doing, um, she writes in a journal every day and school started yesterday for her. So she wrote in her journal, the question was, who's your hero? And she put my name down. Oh. Right. And I'm thinking this nine, 10 year old girl who came out a couple of times to write notes, thought to put me down as her hero. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going because if we can reach our youth and and just get people to be more grateful, then we are definitely, there's no way I'm going to stop, but I think it's natural and normal to ask yourself, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And how unassuming is that? You know, you would never, you're just kind of going and doing your thing. Yeah something that that you believe in and then it it touches someone in a way that nobody else in their life granted she was nine but still those nine years are all she knows Mm -hmm. and nobody in her whole life has affected her in that way right yeah she has her parents and her friends and this and that and they all affect her in different ways but when it came down to that question it was like boom this was the answer. And it's scary. It's scary to do something that nobody else is doing. And when I first started that, this, I had people look at me like, why would you, why? They think you you're know? crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so it, do, it took a little bit of courage to, to continue. Cause I almost stopped right away when I started telling people what I was doing, cause they didn't get it. And, um, but I'm pretty stubborn and determined. And I, I knew that there was more to this than met the eye. And, right. 
Um, it is a very simple act, but it, I think it makes a profound difference. Yeah. A lot of times those little steps make, I mean, that, that's what I tell my clients. Even when I, when I physically train clients, it's those little steps of consistency that equal that huge payout. Yes. That huge payout is never going to come unless you have those small consistent yes. steps. Um, you mentioned how people question you and they look at you like you're crazy. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Actually, this is one of the reasons the whole ignited movement was started was to challenge the status quo and to kind of shake people out of their apathy, right? Um, people fight for that comfort. Yeah. They don't want to take action. They don't want to do these things. Well, it's scary and it's yeah. uncomfortable. And, yeah, it's and, new and yeah, unknown. Yeah, and I think the unknown is where the great stuff is. And like I said, if I had listened to those first couple of people who were kind of discouraging me from continuing this, I wouldn't even be sitting here with you. I right. wouldn't even know you. Yeah. I wouldn't know all the people that I, you know, become friends with. And, and, and there wouldn't be this movement. And I think how many of those movements... Have would been have been lost. squashed, yeah. How many have been or, squashed yeah. or lost um, for fear of not going outside of the box? Yeah. And, and or what are people going to think of me? Right. Or and, who, and really, who cares? Right. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> literally, who cares? I was always, you know, in school, I was always that girl who kind of went against the grain, and you know, yeah, kind of the outlier. Yeah, and I was always sort of. So it's not a surprise to me that I'm here doing this because I've always had that itch to do something different mm -hmm. and to be different. Mm -hmm. um, so if I can encourage people to just listen to that voice and, and follow it, follow your heart, no matter what people are, the people that are going to try to squash your dream or squash what you want to be and who you want to be are the people who are too afraid to do it themselves or do agree. what they want to do. I agree. So you can't listen to that. You have to listen to yourself. I 100% <laughs> agree with that. And I, and I, I find that everywhere, like yeah. in, in everywhere. Um, I find it in the fire service too, where you try to incorporate a new program and they just stamp you out like a, like a rhino stamping out a flame. Yeah. You know, they that's just, the way they've always done yeah, it. Well, this is the way we've always done yeah. it. Well, how's that working for you? Right. Fat ass, you know, it's not really working for you too well. So, um, you know, and I watched, you know, watching my mother on her deathbed and, and she, she lived a good life, but she certainly had regret. And I think seeing that regret in her eyes just fueled you know, fan my flame. Kind of shook said, you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's that's the thing that scared me more than death itself yeah. was it's not, not living, living up to, you know, living your best life. Mm -hmm. And I feel that I have found that. So I'm going to hold on to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. You mentioned uh, going out on the un, unbeaten path. And I feel like the people who are looked at as weirdos are, are the ones doing that. Like Elon Musk, they think that guy's crazy. Oh, yeah. And yet he's, he's doing things that nobody like ever dreamed of. He's like the modern day Wright brothers in one, right? you know? And he's so, amazing. yeah. And, um, actually one of the books, this month's book selection for the ignited readers book club was, or is, uh, braving the wilderness by Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And in it, she talks about how, you take those steps out into the wilderness through that vulnerability. And that's what the bravery is. That's what the bravery is. Yeah, I love her. And, and I really think that, um, was it Eleanor Roosevelt who said, do something every day that scares you. And, um, I, that's what I want to do. So speaking of, uh, vulnerability and Brene Brown, 
um, a lot of vulnerability goes into these notes you write because they are personal. They're handwritten. It's not like you're typing them up and shooting them off into space in an email. Um, you've even had to be a bit vulnerable physically going up to these people and some of the people have approached you and it, it might be a little bit scary, right? It is very scary. And um, really it, it is a gift that these notes, um, they do take, they require risk and put, putting your heart on your sleeve and, and then going out and into the world and giving them to people. Um, I've had one of the, within the first four months of doing this, I had a, a veteran chase me down in the, parking lot of a grocery store because he was angry he saw me he actually saw me leave the note on his truck oh. he's very OCD about his truck and yeah. and I just heard him you know kind of ranting and raving and I didn't look back yeah. I just walked to my car and get to my car and put the groceries away and I look up and here comes this veteran chasing oh boy. me um, but by the time he got to me, he had tears in his eyes and he gave me a big hug and he thanked me and we've since become really good friends. You know, he and his wife are, I consider them family, but yeah, so you do have to sort of put yourself out there and, and to me, it's worth the risk. I mean, if you don't, like you said, there's no risk in shooting off an email or a text message. So, so much is lost, um, in that type of communication, but when you when you take the time to handwrite a note and and maybe hand it to somebody, um, police officers. I, it took me a long time to get comfortable approaching police officers because and my son's a cop. I was just going to say yeah. your son's a police so, officer. So and and you get that they're human. Yeah, I get that they're human, but you you see them and usually they're parked in a back lot or you know they're with their uniform and their, their vest and their gun it's and their intimidating the big, very, yeah. yeah, very intimidating. They, they usually have the, the dark sunglasses. Yeah. So you can't even see their eyes. It's like walking up to Terminator, you know? <laughs> um, but what, what I have found is that, you know, after the initial, you know, like, how can I help you, ma'am? You know, kind mm -hmm. of, and they, they looked at, they, and they're looking at it's me very skeptical. Yeah. And they, you know, they certainly don't have the most, um, when they see somebody approaching them that yeah. It's high alert. Little, yeah. High alert. Very high alert. So there's a little bit of a uh, breakdown that has to happen before I can actually, you know, but make that happen. Um, but once I do, once I reach out to the, the officer and get to talking to them and they realize what, what I'm there for it, th there's just a deeper connection. And I, I, I haven't, I've only had one police officer, um, and he would never admit to this, but he did break down a little bit. and His lip was quivering. I think it touched him um, to, to receive that note. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, it's definitely worth the risk to take that chance to to um, reach out to someone and say thank you. Because we may be the only person that does that right. for someone, right. um, you know, depending what's going on in their life or just maybe even on that day. Right. You know, we all need somebody mm -hmm. and maybe they just needed that little bit of encouragement. Right. Um, one of the other reasons that lit a fire under me to start this whole ignited movement was in 2017, the, for the first time ever, uh, first responder suicides, particularly firefighters outnumbered the line of duty deaths ever. And to me, that was huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, anytime we have a, a fire first responder, firefighter suicide, it's devastating because you feel for that person who has to be there for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then you think, 
well, who was there for that person? And so I think this is one of the ways that you're, you're kind of owning that responsibility and having a definite positive effect on it. And, and as first responders, and I know for myself in particular, there's, there's not something in my proximity that's amiss that I can walk by and feel comfortable ignoring. Right. You know, even if it's like a piece of trash on the ground, I got to pick it up right. and put it where it goes. I got to right. help out. And, and even when we're off duty, you know, you'll hear firefighters say all the time, like, firefighter is always a firefighter. You know, you're never off duty, quote unquote, or whatnot. And it's kind of true in that, you know, if we're driving home, I've stopped several times in uniform after a 48 hour shift and am just exhausted. But I'm like, that person is alone on the highway. You know, they could get hit. They need some help. Let's get them. And I, I pull over and I, I get out, I help them change the tire because I can't, I can't drive past that. I can't walk past that and feel okay with it. It's that sense of ownership and accountability. And I think this is a huge way that that you're taking ownership of this And I didn't situation. intend to. Right, yeah. <laughs> but now that I know, now that I have seen and felt um, the profound difference it can make in people's lives, there's no way to, to let, let it go. You know, like there is a yeah. responsibility now. And, don't, and believe it, I feel it yeah. <clears throat> at night if I'm, you know, when I'm, alone and home and and I really think about what it is we're doing with nothing but love notes and I think of that um, it is a responsibility and it does feel like a weight now but it's something that I feel we can do proud to carry yeah proud to carry that weight. and I want people to know that you don't have and I tell kids this all the time because sometimes kids are like well what can I do right Um, yeah you don't have like I said you don't have to cure cancer you can go out and just say hello to someone who may not have anybody else say hello to them that day yeah um who are going home to an empty house or right you know and, you know, first responders, you know, I can't imagine some of the things that you have had to see or do or, um, and it's not something that we think about until yeah. we need you. And, you know, but if we can. And then like you're saying, until you need, until that need kicks in. And then after we, we show up and we do our thing, then we leave and we're kind of out of sight, out of mind. Right. I just kind like of, I said, I wouldn't have thought that this is something that I could do for, for first responders or veterans. Um, I would never have <laughs> woke up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to go out. I'm going right. to, I'm going to make a difference for first responders. Yeah. It just didn't happen. Right. That way, but it, 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 here I am, you know, it started with that small flame yeah. and then how it's turned into this it's big, amazing. big passion. Now thing. if I can just help people and not even, like I said, not even just the first responders and veterans, but the people who want to help, yeah. um, just everyday citizens who yeah. want to do something. And it's not like you, like you said, it's not like you're. I'm going to take accountability for this and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this. It just developed naturally. But do you find that in that accountability that you've found that reward? Yes, absolutely. It, it, it feels good to know that I could be there for someone who I wouldn't ever, you know, in a million years, I don't know. I may not ever know. Or maybe see right, again. Yeah. I could be there for that person. I I did a ride along with Peoria mm-hmm. about a year PD. ago. Yeah, Peoria PD. And um, while we were in the debriefing or in the briefing in the morning, right. before we went out on a ride, um, 
the the sergeant introduced me to the group of you know officers mm-hmm. in the room, and he says, and he happened to have been one of my first oh, okay. love note recipients, recipients. right? Gotcha. And I didn't know it at the time, but he said, yeah, she, this is Natalie. She does these little love notes, you know. And he kind of laughed, and yeah. he kind of downplayed it, yeah. and I felt kind of silly, you know. He said, that's how he's introducing yeah, all these right. officers, <laughs> like you think. And I, yeah, <laughs> here I am. I you know gave them all a note, so I felt kind of silly, you yeah. know. I was like this. I don't know. It just kind of made me feel funny. But later that day, um, we had been, I'd been riding along for probably five or six hours and we were parked under this tree and the officer, she was writing a report and this sergeant pulls up in his Tahoe next to my window. And we were just, you know, small talk chatting. And, and he says, Hey, Natalie, remember, um, he says, I don't know if I ever told you, but I did get one of your love notes. And he, he reached under his visor, pulled it out. And he says, I keep it I keep it with me all the time. He says, because it came on a day that I really needed to hear that. And I, and I, I was so happy that he did that because earlier in the day, like I said, he sort of made light of it and um, it got a good laugh in, in the briefing room. But at the end of the day, he still kept it and mm-hmm. he had it. And he admitted to me that it really came at the perfect time. And, and that means a lot to me. And I yeah. know it's not always easy for officers or firefighters to admit that, you know, they're maybe not having a great day or having a tough time. Um, so it meant a lot to me that, that I could be there. And, and it had been a year or so that had passed by, and I would never have known had I not gone on that ride-along. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing how it all connects and it all works out. Yeah. Um, and just like it took that vulnerability or that bravery through that vulnerability for you to do that right along, you kind of saw him try to step out, uh-huh. you know, and be vulnerable and be like, oh, this is Natalie and she does some love <laughs> notes and, you know, and he kind of kept that mask on and that yeah. facade up because he felt, you know, it's built in it's tradition and you have this whole idea of what a police officer should be. But even then, even then he was he understood, and deep down, he knew. Yeah. And then, he was even willing to take out that little step out of safe town, mm-hmm. you know, and out of comfort, because it's not comfortable to be the leader of these people who are going out with guns strapped to their hips, right. and and show weakness. Yeah. You know, what I mean, that's not comfortable. Right. So that's really cool that 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 happened. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So all of these different interactions you've had, all of these uh, people that you've met, you've mentioned that you, you know, you consider some of them family now. Um, how do you, how do you think this is going to progress? Like, do you have a vision for the future of what it is you're doing? Or do you feel like you're just going to kind of keep going with what you're doing and see where it goes? Um, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, as I progress, um, I'm starting to create a bigger vision because I can see what's possible. When I go speak at the schools and speak to kids, I can see how much this is needed, you know, not just to, I mean, for awareness. I think a lot of the times we live in such a, a me, me kind of culture where everything's about me and we're so consumed with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I really want to get people to look outside of themselves. And I think starting with young people, getting them to just be more aware of who's out there and who's fighting for their freedom and for their safety. And, and just to be a little bit more aware of what that means and the sacrifice and, and giving back. Um, 
I just, I see an opportunity to change the narrative of the negativity that's going on in this country. And I, like I said, I didn't set out for that, but I see an opportunity to make a difference there. Yeah. Kind of balance Um, the scale. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of turn that negativity on its ear a little bit and say, this is not the narrative because it really isn't. The more I get to know our veterans and our citizens and our community, um, there is, there's so many good people out there. There Mm -hmm. are a lot of grateful people, Mm -hmm. but that's not what's coming that's right. not just what's showing up on yeah. television and the radio and yeah. it's it's that that I I see as a bigger picture is turning that around awesome um, but I do just literally wake up every day and I'm like I'm going to just be better today than I than I was yesterday and what that means or looks like I don't always know but I feel like my path um, sort of puts me in the right place at the right time yeah as long as you have that principle in mind on a constant basis, I think that it'll kind of self evident. Yeah. Like it'll kind of, yeah. and like even this self-fulfill. interview, I mean, I feel like, like I said, it's become a job for me. So every day, every week, something comes up, you know, somebody will reach out and say, can you come speak at our school or can mm-hmm. you come do an interview? And I feel like it's just these opportunities. I think that if you take that first initial opportunity and step out of your outside of yourself, all of these other seven more opportunities will open up, you know? And so that's sort of what's happened in my life is that every week somebody will reach out and say, can you come do this? Can you come do that? And it just, it gives me that opportunity to, to share this message and to grow this effort. It's kind of become that self-sustaining thing. Like yeah. you said, you, you put this thing out there and then people, they kind of perk up like, you know, prairie dogs yeah. and they're looking yeah. at you like, what's going on over yeah. there? What's this about? So when you realize you have, people's attention you have to work you yeah. have to work hard now the eyes are I on have you never worked this hard for nothing you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. and i say for nothing i'm talking monetary right like it's been right. more reward than i could ever ask for right in that sense i'm like a millionaire but um i have never worked this hard and i've worked for corporate america i've worked in pr i've yeah. done a lot of you know jobs that require a lot um but this is really a job that and I don't even consider it a job, but it has it has really required a lot of effort for me. But it's been the most profoundly rewarding thing of my life. And if I die doing this, I will have died happy. Awesome. Yeah. Purpose, right? Yeah. And that's really what gets you out of bed in the morning, right? Yeah. Or it does, you know, if you don't have that. Yeah. 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 You work hard and and just like when we um have to be do what we have to do to become firefighters. It's incredibly grueling, but it's only to try to get us closer to that point of purpose and that thing that we desire. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And, and that's such a gift when you find out what that is. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, they learn right away. I always envy those young people who figure it out early on mm-hmm. or, you know, you and they know, just I, hunker in. I, yeah. I'm, I'm an empty nester. I've, you know, raised two boys. I say boys, but they're grown men now and they're out living their life. One's a police officer. The other is, you know, working hard at, in film and, and television. And, and, but now I, and it's a perfect time for me to figure out what, what I want to do with this next chapter of my life. But it doesn't matter where you are, um, how old you are, you know, you have the ability if you put in, some time and effort to figure out what your purpose is. I wholeheartedly agree. 100%. Well, thank you, Natalie, so much. How can people 
follow you or contact you or learn more about you and what it is you're doing? Um, I have a Facebook page, Nothing But Love Notes. Okay. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and I have a website. Um, it's www.nothingbutlovenotes.com. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you, Natalie. Thank you. And I'm sure we will be in contact sooner than later. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, Like I said, it was my first interview. So this is the inaugural interview episode. And uh, I hope there's a lot more to come. I'm making lists right now of people who I'd like to get their perspective on some things, as well as some insight. And uh, I think it'll really benefit you guys as you listen to these episodes. Uh, During the episode, we mentioned the Ignited Readers Book Club. So if you just go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash Ignited Readers, you can join the group and get involved with the monthly reads that we partake in and as well as identify any future books you might want to read. Um, I've also mentioned the Ignited Firefighters Facebook group. You can find that at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Ignited Firefighters. And this is where we as firefighters and first responders can come together and talk about those things that may be bothering us and support each other because as we lift each other, we become stronger. Thank you guys for listening to the Ignited Firefighters podcast. I appreciate your listenership. And every time you guys reach out, I do my best to reach out back to you, send you some stickers, some swag, whatever. Um, Thank you for your support. Please like and share. Leave reviews with your respective platforms. And be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.